find your spot, put it in park. Here we go. It's the Free Parking Podcast, presented by Office Jockeys, racing to the weekend. What is going on, everybody? Deaver here, alongside my co-host, Bush. What's up, Deez? You're not you're not quite uh, alongside me here. You you're you're on the highway right now, aren't you? This might this is the first ever free parking podcast while driving. I'm skyping from the road, hands free. I'm hands free Bluetooth, so don't worry, folks. Still still practicing uh, podcast safety, but uh, mobile tonight. Yeah, I mean we got Jimbo over here too. What's up, brother? What's going on? I'm still in the stew, the Tampa stew. I want to keep it nice and warm until you get here, Deaver. I got a seat waiting for you right next to me. Long late is a day job, but maximizing our time, half hour drive home, half hour podcast, might as well. Yeah, it's a perfect mix. Well done. Good timing. Bush, what's going on in the world, man? I'm uh, washing my hands a little more frequently. Yeah, dude. So, uh, dude, I mean, there's two big things going on in our lives right now. We have the coronavirus and we have the Philadelphia Flyers. First, I think we should probably discuss how good our team is doing. Obviously, last podcast was filled with uh, you know everything we were talking about with them. But, dude, our team is officially in first place in the Metropolitan. Unbelievable that the some, – somebody keeps putting out Stanley Cup prediction odds, right, to win the Stanley Cup. And for the first time, I don't, I, since probably they have this statistic, the Flyers are favorites to win the Stanley Cup. I, I, I'm on a loss for words. Jim, what do you think about that? Um, <clears throat> you know, you really can't look into the odds too much, obviously, but uh, it's definitely n- nice to get some recognition finally that people actually uh, take us seriously and uh, think we're a legitimate team. Um, I have seen a lot of comparisons lately to the uh, St. Louis Blues of last year. They started uh, getting hot around the same time we started getting hot, around the end of January. And, um, I mean, we just won eight games in a row. Uh, I think we have the most points now, if not tied with Boston for the most points, since November 1st. Uh, I think we have 15 wins in the Metro. I think we're 15, or no, now 16, or 15, 4-4. Four and four. Um, I mean, this team is just totally different than last year. And uh, I think they're going to be on the upswing for years to come. And like I said, it's finally nice that uh, people are starting to take us seriously. One, two things that I want to talk about. Uh, a Stanley Cup, you know, not a front runner, but like a strong Stanley Cup team that's making this late push. Two things that are going well for us. One is backup goaltending. A team that makes a late run and makes a run into the playoffs needs that second goaltender to play well. And Brian Elliott has been that guy for us. I wasn't yep. really sold on bringing him back. Uh, you know, I think it's a good. It was a good number two for Carter Hart, being a young goalie, to have that experience, that backup. Uh-huh. Elliot's been been kind of hot and cold uh, until this season. He's yep. been so strong of late. He went up against the Capitals on Wednesday night, um, and he shut down the one of the best goal scorer of our time. You know, Alex Ovechkin to zero zero points. The guy was minus two on the night. Um, so a backup goaltender that's that's strong in the push. And then the other piece is a supporting cast, which the Flyers haven't had in a long time. And to see guys on the score sheet like Pitlick and Lawton now on the on the um, on the second line um, coming into coming into play, they have those 
second, third tier guys that are making their presence felt. And those are two keys to a team that's making a late push into the playoffs. Absolutely. Did you see that we held Ovechkin not only pointless last night, but all season long? He hasn't scored a point in the four games we played? That's crazy. And the guy and the guy went on a tear of like I think he had 14 goals in like seven games at one point this season. And yeah, he has not scored a point against the Flyers this entire. Who's been a Flyer killer? Unbelievable. In his career, dude. It's, so it's... All cylinders, the power play, the penalty kill, and Nate is now DJ Nader is now rich because the guy bets Kevin Hayes <laughs> to score every game, and he's won. Did, uh, Hayes didn't. I don't, did Hayes score tonight? Uh, he, did he did not. But I don't so think the, he touched the, the Hayes bets. Oh, he didn't. So the streak came to an end, but Nate's hit on Hayes to score, I think, for the past, what, four games? Yep. yep. I know who's buying the first round next time I see him. <laughs> yeah, we'll see you Sunday, Nate. And he'll be seeing you guys very shortly, right? When's he heading down there? He's getting down to Tampa area, correct? Yeah, Sunday so next afternoon. week, Flyers are here again. I saw the Flyers' first game against the Lightning in February, and now the Flyers are back next Thursday against Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, a key, you know, possible playoff matchup um the lightning also playing super hot flyers play the lightning on thursday we got nader and we got bryce in sunny florida for a little little vacation for themselves and uh we're gonna be live at amelie arena checking out our flyers taking on the Tampa lightning that's so sick you guys are gonna have such a hell of a time dude that's gonna be a great game to tune into who was the other hot team that they played um recently and uh Help me out here. They in one of this eight game win streaks, the Flyers played a super hot team just like them, and they they wound up spanking. Oh, the Rangers! It was the Rangers game. The Rangers were coming into that Flyers game somewhat hot. I think they were on like a three game win streak, four game win streak maybe, and the Flyers just absolutely put their foot on the throat and uh, and spanked them, dude. Spanked them twice, home and home, just sweeped them. Then they go to the capital, you know, Capitals Arena and blow Spank. them out, dude. They're just. They are rolling. So that Lightning Flyers game is going to be insane. And then before that game happens, I believe they play the Bruins. So um, yep. this is all part of a three-game. This was the first of a three-game homestand for the Flyers. And, uh, you know, in this three-game homestand, they're capping it off with a game against Boston. So two big games next week, boys. Yeah, we're beating some of the best, and then we're beating the teams that we have to beat. And, you know, to be a great team, like you can have hot games where you beat the Capitals – uh, and, you, you know, you, you beat the Lightning or the Rangers on a streak, but you also have to beat the teams that you have to beat. Um, and tonight, you know, beating a team like the Hurricanes, who are, are a good team, um, but, you know, we're getting the job done against, you know, the Panthers or divisional opponents that are, you know, kind of second tier. So, I don't know, on all cylinders, they're firing. And like Jim said, getting hot at the right time, supporting cast, backup goaltender. Dude, the recipe looks like it's uh, set for success here. So, uh I'm not buying my uh, my Stanley Cup tickets yet, but um, this is a team that the city of Philadelphia hasn't been excited for in the past 10 years, and finally it's their turn in the limelight with the suffering Sixers team um, at the same time. Absolutely, Deves. It's all it's all great stuff. It's going to be so fun to watch. Um, you're going to the games down in Florida. I'll be going to a couple games uh, in the near future. I think I'm going to go to three games uh, throughout the remainder of March. Um, I was talking to a couple of the guys that I know that work there. They were saying that every game has felt like a playoff game, you know, for the last few weeks. Um, so I can only imagine the atmosphere as it gets closer and closer to playoffs. So I'm really looking forward to getting in there. Really looking forward to seeing you guys hop on a flight and come catch a game as well. Um, so can't wait to have you guys back up here for that. Cause I know you're definitely going to make that trip. Um, 
and yeah, man, I, I dude, without further ado, I, I, I think, I think we should probably get into the, the big time, the other big topic here, Deves. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, as you know, there's a new kind of, I, I don't know if they called it a pandemic yet, but, uh, the way that the coronavirus COVID-19 is kind of impacting sports and obviously being a sports podcast, we're not, I'm not talking about, you know, just kind of overall numbers, but, um, a lot of the major sports leagues, uh, the masters, um, the NCAA March Madness tournament, like they've all come out with statements and kind of ways to, you know, they're combating this. Um, yeah, you can have your own opinion on the, you know, on the disease. I think, you know, even myself, I kind of go hot and cold with it for lack of a better word. Like, at one moment, I'm like, dude, it's just a flu. The other minute, I'm like, uh, I'm going to wash my hands. And, like, like we had some out-of-towners come in to the office for the day job today, flying in from California. And jokingly, like, they came in for a hug. And I was like, hey, uh, fist pounds. <laughs> fist pounds. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? So uh, it's interesting. And the leaks have all put out statements that they're monitoring it very closely. The NHL has actually put a travel ban on their employees. Um, Gary Bettman came out saying that no employee of the NHL um, will be traveling for work outside of the country. Um, at this point in time, they're looking at canceling. The NHL's done some stuff in China in years past in the offseason. They're not doing that. They're not planning on doing that this year. Um, Italy has, you know, uh, is another kind of epicenter for this for this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they've already kind of closed schools for a couple weeks, uh, colleges and, and even, you know, elementary high schools for a couple weeks. And these leagues are looking to do it closely. We may see, and I, I honestly, there's a chance that we may see some games at some point in the near future without attendees. Um, yeah, these absolutely, absolutely. Like they'll run the games, but there no won't be any spectators in the stands. <laughs> yeah, they all kind of put out their own little their own little comments, like the NBA has, um, the LPGA and PGA Tour have. You know, kind of. Um, instructed their players to not uh, sign autographs, uh, have as much hand-to-hand close interactions with fans, um, just in the protection of their assets, their players, right? Uh, NBA commissioner came out saying, like, yeah, for, for the time being, like, I wouldn't be, you know, grabbing balls out of the crowd and, and signing them, high-fiving fans on their way in and out. So they're already taking a, a step there. Um, and I think we'll see some stuff here in the near future where leagues are taking precautions with fans and then possibly without them. I don't know. So I saw in Europe the Premier League, which is obviously, other than the NFL, I mean, it's probably the biggest, uh, one of the biggest international uh, followings, probably. I, I'd, I'd venture to say that. I don't know that to be a fact. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, my God. The amount of money that goes into the Premier yeah. League. I mean, it's, yeah. a, it's a world power. Like, honestly, it might even trump the NFL in, I mean, those teams are worth billions of dollars. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. So, yeah, maybe maybe that wasn't a ridiculous statement. But, um <laughs> Anyway, I uh, I saw that they're not having fans show up to their games because, dude, you know how those games get in the Premier League where, like, everyone's got their arms around each other. They're all chanting. They're all, you know, screaming, throwing their drinks all over the place. Um, so, dude, it, it's it's nuts, man. It has a global sports impact like no other. I heard that they're thinking about canceling the Olympics. You were telling me that, um, you know, there was all these different golf tournaments. And let's just be let's just be blunt and, and factual here. The the PGA and LPGA have very large um, Asian followings. So, I mean, there there's, you know, a, a big chance that something could happen um, and they have to take that seriously. The LPGA Tour had three events in Asia. Uh, 
earlier in January and February that have been canceled already. They they were canceled. They didn't run as as planned. They're coming back on the U.S. swing um, here, which is which is scheduled at the, at this moment. But like other leagues, they're 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 taking these precautions. The Olympics one, man, is a really interesting one because you know this lines up in a the four year you know in a four year cycle where we have Olympics this summer and they're actually in Asia. They're in Tokyo. Yeah, that I mean, and with Japan, South Korea, all those countries right there, I mean, it is just an absolute hotspot for uh, that virus to thrive. And with all the all the people that the Olympics bring in um, internationally, can you imagine them all going there and then all dispersing back to the countries they came from? I mean, dude, I, I I'm a germaphobe. You guys know this. Like it would that is so skeevy to me to think that they would even possibly think of allowing all those people to go to the hotspot and then go back to the countries they came from. It's almost as if they want the virus to spread at that point. And that's and that's the thing. Like it's it's you know Again, it's it's just a precaution. You know, there's there's a high risk demo that the disease, you know, that the virus could infect. I mean, I'm not a doctor, so I'm not going to speak too highly like I know. But, you know, there's a high risk demo that it, it could infect. I don't think it's, you know, it's not like you touch it and you die. A lot of the symptoms are, I think, similar to the flu. Um, but it's, you know, preventing the spread and they're being highly precautionary, highly, you know, forward thinking of like, let's not let make this thing any worse than it is. You know, it's not like we can't go about our daily lives, but at the same time, they're taking measures so that a lot of people aren't affected by it. The Olympics, the weird stat that I saw, or the weird contract issue type thing, is that the Olympics can be postponed, but it cannot be held out of the year that it's supposed to be held in. Ah, so like okay. the Olympics in, in, in Tokyo is this summer, right, in 2020. Mm-hmm. There could be a, a p- potential where the Olympics is actually held, the Summer Olympics is held, in September when this disease is under control or October, but it cannot be postponed to 2021. So that is one interesting one where like, if they don't have a hold on this, like you could see the Olympics put on pause, but if it's not under control by a certain time, they're not going to have it in next summer. You know what I mean? Right. All reports that I've been hearing as well. uh, I saw vice president Pence speak today and, uh, and he said that they're looking like they're not going to have a cure till end of summer beginning of uh fall so we could see dude it, it might be fall fall olympics 2020 yeah and um and even that would probably if it got to that point it probably would still have you know different it would look different right totally. um it would definitely look different the one crazy thing to think about if they had to cancel the olympics man unlike other sports where these guys have you know eight ten year careers the olympics it's every four years. Some of these people have been training for this for their one shot, right? Like if you're 24 at the prime of your life and you couldn't attend when you were 20, when you're 28, you're kind of out of the game the next four years, right? You're, you're, yep. you're past your prime. Um, so that's the one kind of sad truth to it is that if the Olympics did get canceled, some of these people that have been training their entire life for that one big shot on the, on the international stage, the Mecca of sports since the dawn of time, they could miss out on it because of something that, you know, isn't to be messed with. And I think that's that's what, you know, all the leagues are doing. That's what the Olympics is doing is they're not messing around with it, which is which is good to see. Um, and I don't think they're, you know, but at the same time, they don't want to jump off the ledge because of just how how big this is and how honestly how big of a moneymaker it is. Dude, the NCAA, March Madness is coming up, man. 
the March Madness, if you didn't know, is 80% of the NCAA's revenue over the course of the year, all the sports, from softball to track to lacrosse mm-hmm. to football, 80% of the NCAA's revenue comes in March Madness. To think of them not having attendees or possibly canceling or moving or postponing or whatever that possibly could happen, I mean, you're talking about scholarships. You're talking about all – I mean, it's 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 jacked up to, right. to put a joint. Absolutely. So, Deves, uh, on a slightly different note here, uh, obviously this is not really sports related. However, America, dude, is brutal with memes like this. This coronavirus has killed people. And here are just memers, dude, just full blown memers. Like I saw one the other day that was, uh, you know, someone contracts coronavirus. And then the bottom is just bought a plane ticket. Like I really, really (laughs) love to travel now. Like, dude, it's so true, though. Like, you know, as bad as memers are and as brutal and blunt as they are, dude, a lot of them are seriously accurate and true. Yeah, there's been some uh, I mean, it's it's taken a a step into pop culture. I mean, there isn't a day where. It goes by now that you're not talking about this thing. Um, and I think the media has kind of fueled that hysteria a little bit. And that's why, you know, I think I even, like I said, personally, like I'll read one story and I'm trying to stay up to date on the entire thing. I'll read one story where it's like, man, it's just like the flu. You get symptoms, you stay in quarantine, you know, and quarantine's a scary word. Like you don't go to work, you don't go to school, you stay home, you drink fluids, you do the normal things you would do when you get sick. But then at the same time, you go on Twitter or you turn on the news and it's like, oh, my God, I, I'm, you know, I can't go to the grocery store or I need to, you know, change my daily lifestyle uh, just because of a little blurb you saw on Twitter of a guy. Who, I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm with you, bro. I'm with you. So without further ado, Deves, I'd love to get into our interview here that we have this week with an international female professional basketball player. She's overseas in Europe, and she actually, we did discuss coronavirus a little bit in this interview with Maddie Torreson. So without further ado, listeners enjoy. All right, so we now would like to welcome on our very special guest, um, and a Canadian-American played her college basketball at Westchester, where she was a co-captain, first-team all-conference, player of the year at Westchester, uh, and also was a part of, uh, elected to the Athletics Honor Roll. Mm-hmm. Now playing internationally in Germany, Maddie Torsen. Maddie, thanks Hello. for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Did I botch anything? Did I, was, that, was that basically no. it? That was good, yeah. I did play at UBC for a year, but it doesn't matter. I saw <laughs> that. I saw it. So freshman year at, at, at UBC... Yeah. UMBC? Yeah. What are you doing in Germany now? We're talking to you with a, what, six-hour time difference. Yep. It's almost midnight there. What's going on in Germany? Playing ball, coaching as well, and just living my best life and traveling. Nothing better I could ask for, really. That's amazing. We'll get into that, but let's go back to the beginning. Uh, how long did you live in Canada? You grew up in, you grew up in Canada? Yeah, so I grew up there. Um, I lived there until I was 14. And then my dad decided he wanted to switch jobs a little bit. So his job took us to the States where I lived in Pennsylvania. And now 10 years later, I live in Ohio. So we move around a lot, but um, so we're in Ohio, Pennsylvania now. So kind of like a a traveler, you know, kind of (laughs) moving countries. Now you're getting to experience Europe. What, uh, 
what part of Canada did you grow up in? And, and I guess the question really is like, how easy was it to get, you know, kind of addicted to basketball in a, in a hockey country? Yeah. So I grew up in Hamilton, Ontario, which is just mm-hmm. like outside of Toronto in between Toronto and Niagara. But um, yeah, hockey was huge growing up. My dad played, my brother played, but I don't know, something with basketball. My brother played as well. And I was seeing him do different moves and we practiced, you know, the Euro step while watching a game or something. And I was like, like, I want this. I want this in my life. And I just, ever since, it's just been huge for me. And my sister as well plays. So big family game. That's awesome. At what point, in, you know, growing up, like playing in high school, I guess, well, at that point you were, you were in the States. Um, mm-hmm. But was there like a point or kind of like a time you realized that this was for me, like this is something I want to do kind of forever? Yeah, it was my junior year, actually. Uh, we were in the state championship and we lost. And I was played in front of a huge crowd. And I was like, this is amazing. Um, the year after, I we became state championships champions, I should say. And just the crowd and everything, I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to go play ball in college before I had a few offers. And that's when I really decided that I took it seriously. And I was like, I love it. I love the game. I love the atmosphere, I should say, and the people in the crowd. So, yeah. Was it always basketball or did you, were you a multi-sport athlete growing up or... Growing up, it was always soccer, volleyball, but no, not like it's always basketball. like basketball. Yeah, yeah no. playing on the street, street balls, the best. Love it. So you were uh, getting offers on your way out of high school. What uh, you, you landed at UMBC for a year, um, and then I guess what Westchester became a better fit for you. Yeah, I just it was just a negative environment my first year as a freshman, and I think transferring was the best option. But going from D1 to D1, you have to sit out a year. And at that point, I was like, you know, ball is life. I didn't play this year, and I, was like, I want to play again. So I think D2 was the best level for me to go. That's great. And then did you finish up at Westchester, or at what point did you transfer to, to the, you know, internationally? Um, so I have about a semester left, just student teaching. I'm becoming a teacher. So okay. I just had to work um, four months in the classroom with students. But I paused that because I had the opportunity to play just outside of once basketball season ended. So I was like, I might as well, I'm in shape, so just continue this because I can always go back to a classroom. Yeah. So, yeah. So you're playing in a professional, what's the league called over there? Where are you located? Like, uh-huh. so it's, it's kind of tough for people to, you know, we always watch NCAA on TV and professional basketball here, NBA, WNBA, but the international leagues are totally different. Where, where are you kind of based? So I am the north of Germany. Um, it's called the Bundesliga League. I don't want to butcher okay. that word, but um, it's the DBBL, and just outside of Frankfurt. I think I said that. I don't know okay. That. Yeah, but, that, that, that makes sense. Yeah. So there's a north league and there's a south league of just Germany. So we'll play all of the north and they'll play the south, and at the end we'll play each other. But um, there's the top league, which is the Euro League, which plays like the Germany, France, and all that. So I'm not in that since it's my rookie season, but I'm working towards that. So we'll see. But right now, um, yes, I play in the north of Germany. How's the competition? Are they coming from all over the globe too? Or is it mostly people from North America kind of transferring their way over there to play? Each team is allowed to have three what they call Americans or Canadians. And then they can have any other um, European players. So from like Serbia, like all over will come to play. Yeah. Wow. But mostly most are German. But just depends on which team has like more money to afford more – international players kind of like i mean i just based off like european soccer like they're kind of paying yeah. what players they they can get yeah. exactly like that 
So what's the typical trajectory? Obviously, you have the college degree to fall back on with uh, teaching and, you know, got that last semester left. But what do you want to do? And and being overseas and in Germany, I heard you're coaching a little bit. So let, let's hear it. Like, what, what are your plans? Honestly, I try to live just by every day. I'm like, right now I'm doing what I love and I'm traveling out of it and just meeting new people and different cultures, which I love. But in a few years, I mean, my body won't be able to do it anymore. So Mm-hmm. Just with the teaching part, I think it would be good to just be back in school and just coach as well. I don't know what level yet. I want to do high school teaching, but I don't know if I want to do high school coaching, maybe later on college coaching, being assistant at first. So honestly, very cool. Yeah. Such a I love the day by day mentality, though. I love the day by day yeah. mentality. You have no, like, and any of us, we kind of live the same way. Like, you have no idea what kind of opportunity is going to going to exactly. pop up, whether it's within the sport or, or outside or, you know, maybe you end up setting up shop there in Europe for a little bit, right? So yeah. very yeah. Not settle yet. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. Haven't said you post a ton on your uh, on your Instagram accounts of, of your travels. And are you a foodie? He said it's a lot of I times you're posting good food. Yeah, I like to eat. Find <laughs> <laughs> new things, I guess. I'm with you. I am <laughs> we agree. Yeah. Tell me, I tell me you got the Bavarian pretzel out there. You got the Bavarian pretzel? No, not yet. It's like the German staple, I thought. Really? The Bavarian pretzel. No, but I've had schnitzel and donair. <laughs> Ooh, I, I, I'm familiar with the schnitzel. What's donair? What's donair? It's like, I got a picture, but I can't describe it. It's like um, a wrap with different meat and it's fattening, very fattening. I can't eat it a lot, but it's just like um, donair meat, I should say. And it's with like ranch and like hot sauce and all the good. So Deaver and I are, are quite familiar with uh, German food and uh, beer as we were in Disney about a couple months ago and we went to Germany in Epcot. Uh, so, we're, you know, grapefruit beer. I can't remember what it was called. Hefeweizen. That's the type of beer. Okay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Germany and Epcot and Germany in Germany don't really compare that well. Oktoberfest, <laughs> <laughs> though, is somewhere you got to go. That Good beer there. True. I have like a laundry list of places I want to travel, and, and Germany's definitely on one of them. Have you seen anything else there? I mean, you're pretty pretty close to um, no, amazing I haven't countries. Been yet, but I've been to different like small cities um, in Germany. But I've been traveling to like Amsterdam and Switzerland. I'm gonna be going to Italy next week if the virus is okay. True. <laughs> True. True. My sister's out there right now, and she's like, "Don't come!" And I'm like, "I want to come." What's that overseas? I mean, obviously in America, it's a, you know, it's semi big deal. I hear about it in the news at least once a day, but like, you know, Italy's getting pounded right now. Yeah. Yeah, But Germany's not too bad, but it just Italy, but I don't know. It's like the flu kind of, I guess more affects the older people, but. Interesting. Yeah. I'm just curious to hear what it's like over there. Yeah. I don't really know much, but my sister's just like, they're canceling schools because she's over there for abroad right now. Okay. Like my school might get canceled. Like I need to call my guidance counselor. Like all this. So I'm like, is it that bad? Jeez. Wow. Yeah. On a lighter subject, are there uh, are there leagues in in all of the countries out there? Like, could you potentially get signed somewhere in France or somewhere yeah. in you know we just talked about Italy? Could you get signed somewhere else? Yes, honestly, I just talked to my agent today. Um, I was just gonna to- ask you if, if there was an agent throughout this process that kind of like yeah. do they specialize in kind of you know these international basketball leagues? Yeah, so she's actually um, – that's part of her, like, job, I guess you'd say. Uh, I don't know what else she does. But, um, yeah, so she has, like, uh, an agency where she only gets, like, 20 to 30 girls. So she just focuses on a small amount, getting them places, doing what's best for them. And, yeah, so she has connections in France, Italy, um, Portugal we talked about, um, Spain, just, like, all over wherever she has connections to. 
Very cool. And kind of, you can kind of work your way up the ladder. Like you said, this is your rookie season internationally, but I'm sure there's like more competitive leagues, bigger leagues that you aim yeah. to get into at some point, right? Yeah. I'm actually in a good spot right now, but um, definitely want to move up and make yeah. more. Cool. cool. Yeah. Is it, so obviously you're traveling a lot and you love that. However, is the end goal WNBA? Is that the biggest stage? That is the biggest stage, but uh, I don't know. I think that I'm at the point now where I want to more have fun with it. I know it's very competitive, but at the same time, I think I just don't know if it's for me right now, but maybe in two years I'll hit my point where I'm like, let's go. It's go time. But I don't know. Right now it's still like, you're totally living that day by day. I'd be like humble by it. But at the same time, I'm like, I want to, but then at the same time, like, like, I don't know. Hey, we talk about it. We talk about it all the time with, with our crew because obviously none of us are in competitive athletics anymore. But the doors that it's opened for us, you know, whenever that time does come and it kind of ends, whether for some of us it was in high school, some of us got to play collegiately for a little bit. Um, but you know, the lessons you've learned and kind of the doors it's opened for you, like all these ex- cool experiences you're having now in Europe, like you can't you can't sell that short at all. Yeah, exactly. And hey, if an offer comes while I'm playing two years from now, I mean, let's I'll- do it. Yeah, exactly. Let's let's do it. You said yeah. you're coaching a little bit. Are you coaching like youth teams out there or like high yeah. school programs? Yeah, youth teams. I have a 15 year old girls team, which is very interesting. Very <laughs> cool. English and then some can't, so it's just like yeah. the barrier there. Yeah. 15 is like it high school, right? Freshmen in high school, right? Yeah, freshmen and sophomores, I believe. That's awesome. Yeah, they're awesome. I love them. <laughs> Now I'm sure I'm sure the game has made like obviously it's made its way over there. Do a lot of kids are they jumping on the basketball bandwagon or is it still heavy heavy soccer out there? Uh, they're, like, are they picking are they picking up a basketball for the first time at 15 or like they're kind of similar to us in the states or in Canada where you know, they've been playing since they they could be six years old and playing. Yeah, I guess it just depends on that really. Weird. Not the girls that I coach have played soccer, so which is weird, <laughs> but okay. a lot of them have. So I guess it's just. I guess, yeah, we'll pick up a ball when they're younger and see where it takes them. Really. Is it uh, a competitive team or are they kind of just is like a recreational, more for fun type stuff? Like- the A team's competitive. They're very good. Um, but my B team, they like to have fun. They're not, you know, the best. But yeah. They're there to play and have fun with their friends. So can't complain. It's a good mix. It keeps it keeps yeah. you on your toes, right? Yeah, exactly. Does that, does that bother you as a, as a com- hardcore competitor, <laughs> coaching a team yeah. that doesn't really, you know, care that much? Yeah, because the B team, you want everyone to play, right? And you're like, let's have fun because you're here to have fun. But at the same time, I'm like, let's win a game. <laughs> right. But if, yeah. I was ever, if I was ever the coach of a B team, I would never want to be the B team that was like, you know, worse of the record. I would always want to be the best B team. If exactly. I, if I was coach of a oh, B yeah. team, you know? I'm just mm-hmm. too competitive for that. You know, I, yeah. I, I'd have to have a team that would take it seriously. Otherwise, like, I'd be like, why am I here? But you, yeah. that's, that's a lot of strength. That's good stuff. Practices are the struggle, really. Yeah. It was my fun, right? You came from school and they're like, let's have fun. And I'm like, let's play basketball. <laughs> yeah. We need to run these drills. We have to run yeah, this play next game. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Totally. Did you get to play um, for like a national team at any point? No. Um, I wanted to a year ago. This actually makes sense. I tore my sail. I don't know if Brandon told you guys. Yes, I did see that. Yep. Yeah, so I had a lot of opportunities with the Canadian basketball team I was talking with, and I was also talking with playing on a summer league team in Spain. And the next day, I tore my ACL, so I it was everything was out. So I never got the opportunity to. Unbelievable! How was that recovery? Did you uh, go for surgery or um, PT? Yeah, I had surgery, but a week before the surgery, they found melanoma cancer on me. So yeah. I had a 
try to get that removed. So I was dealing with surgery with skin cancer and then my ACL. And I had a year and a half to about 12 months or more than that, 13 months um, recovery just because it's my mental. And I just yeah. was like, am I playing again ever? So yeah, that took wow. a toll. Yeah. But here we are, I mean, right? We, we, yeah. I was gonna say, we like to say a lot, like everything kind of, everything happens for a reason, right? You know, whether it's exactly. like, if you're saying a week before you had surgery, that's when they, I don't know, maybe they yeah, wouldn't have found that, right? Like, yeah, tore my ACL, they never would have found it. So it's just like, yeah. Blessing and a curse. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And hey, look, you have an amazing opportunity, amazing, uh, you know, kind of life in front of you now. So yeah, everything happens for a reason. That's, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. That it's working out. Really? Yeah. That's oh, yeah. So Ohio, right, is current home. Yeah. How often do you come back or are you pretty much locked in the 365 uh, over there? No, actually. So I flew out at the end of August. And I was able to go home for a week and a half for Christmas and spend cool. time, like mostly in Canada. But then I come back, and then season is actually over. Where are we in February? So it would be over in the end of April. So then I'll have from May, June, July, August to like chill. But also, I talked to my agent. So there's um, European league is over. So it's like for the players that go to WNBA. But mm -hmm. Australia also offers a league in the summer. So I might go mm -hmm. Australia, New Zealand. But we'll see. <laughs> but Very just, cool. Yeah. So I'm not. I don't know if I'll be home. But if I am, it'll be during the summer. Good for you. That that's so cool. I yeah. um. <laughs> yeah. I, I could not do what you do. I Deaver Deaver travels a lot. Um, and it sounds like you're obviously all over the place, all around the globe, which is awesome. Um, uh, how do you do it? I mean, how do you stay away from home for so long? Is it just something that is just in you that knows that you're good and you don't really need to check back in, or do you yeah. ever get homesick? not homesick i actually facetime my mom every day like i talk to them constantly my sister is so annoyed but if I, talk to <laughs> every day, I have to talk to someone or my best friends back home i don't know i always just check in my grandparents they call me and everyone it's i don't know facetime cool. you gotta love it right yeah that's what i, I that's what i tell that's what i tell justin like I, at least i mean i moved in within the states but i moved from new jersey to florida recently and people ask like do you get homesick and it's like the connectivity though nowadays you can like you said you facetime your mom every day i talk to them probably more often than i do you know my friends or coworkers down here so that's cool that you can do the same thing you know even yeah. across the globe maddie this was awesome uh thanks for coming on thanks for coming back after uh, you dropped out um, and thanks for joining us. Best of luck with um, the rest of this season. And then uh, we'll be following and see where you go next. Cool, cool. Thank you guys so much. And thank you for having me and taking time. Thank you. It's great talking to you. Great talking Appreciate to you. Guys. It. Now yep. it's bedtime, midnight over there. <laughs> All right. Have a good one. Later. Bye, guys. Bye. Right. See ya. No, awesome interview. Like you said, Bush, turning into the positive side of things. Uh, learned a little bit more about international sports here. Um, Maddie comes on to talk about her experiences playing. Uh, basketball here in the States and then getting a shot at pro ball overseas. So like you said, enjoy. And uh, it was awesome having her on. And look at that. While we we're interviewing Maddie, I uh, made my transition back, uh, back home to the stew here uh, alongside my producer, Jim. Steve, that was a great interview, man. Uh, you know, you were rocking it. Uh, I was chiming in here and there. I think my favorite part of that interview, honestly, was when we started having the food discussion, but living in Germany, bro, how do you not know what a Bavarian pretzel is? I mean, is it just a gimmicky, like, Americanized version of German food? Like, we were at Germany in Epcot, man. Like, I can't believe you can compare it on the podcast. You're like, I've been to Germany before. Yeah, uh, dude, they're, they're identical. They're identical, bro. 
<laughs> I mean, Disney wouldn't mess around. They wouldn't. They don't spare an expense. Why would they? But honestly, give her a follow on Instagram. She I, since that interview, we all followed her, and uh, she even posted some of her uh, some of her grub there uh, on IG. It looked looked fantastic. I don't know where what part of the of Europe she was in, but uh, definitely a foodie alongside being a basketball player. So, Deeves, last weekend, bro, was a classic experience. So we'll get into yours because you have probably the more crazy experience here with uh, our presenting sponsor, Office Jockeys, and you guys. Um, however, I was actually able to head up to the Meadowlands and go to MetLife Stadium for the Guardians versus the L.A. Wildcats game. It was awesome, dude. I mean, the crowd was the crowd was super rowdy. Um, I saw an article that Office Jockeys posted either today or yesterday and said the best part about XFL games is that nobody gives a shit about who wins, <laughs> <laughs> which is uh, which is something that I totally saw firsthand, which I'm sure you guys did as well. Um, but the Guardians got the W, which was sick, and uh, they didn't. They, they show that they're not the worst team in the league. So, um, Deves, without further ado, I guess, uh, let's hear about your <laughs> hell of an experience with the uh, OJs in Tampa. Unbelievable. So we visited with our boys, office jockeys, to Raymond James Stadium there uh, in Tampa, the home of Jameis Winston, but this season, the home of the Tampa Bay Vipers. Uh, we were 0-3 going into the game. Office jockeys, the entire crew was there. They made some awesome signs. They were all dressed up in just the most fantastic, fantastic fan outfits. We had... Um, they were all snakes. They were all snakes. One was like a blow up, like, you know, like the, yeah. uh, like blow up costumes, the inflatable costumes, one of the snake yeah. around them. Uh, Clark, the shark was dressed up as, uh, dodgeball, dodgeball. Uh, <laughs> yeah. White Goodman. White Goodman. <laughs> exactly. Uh, they had one sign there. It says we were zero three, not showering until the Vipers <laughs> win. And the XFL picked it up. The XFL social media team actually came over to the tailgate and picked it up and went on, it went viral for a bit. And after the game, the Vipers won miraculously. After the game, they quote tweeted their own tweet and they were like, "Thank God this guy can get a shower now." <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was decent. It was a decent time, man. Like you said, no one cares. Uh, they're all there just for the just for a good time. Um, first bowl was scattered. I think it's hard being an own three team too. Yeah. They were away for the first two games. Uh, to come back home zero two, it's hard to get a little hype around it. Um, I think it's working well though in markets like St. Louis that don't have a football team and they've been missing it for a while. And you can see where the Battlehawks are have a packed house all the time. There's so much to do down here. I don't know if, if Tampa was the right play, and I talked about it on the podcast previously, but I think they might have drafted kind of off with – they tried to have the Florida connections in a ton of their draft picks, and I don't know if they were the, the right plays. Um, they you know, they came up against a D.C. defenders team and a struggling Cardell Jones who got pulled from the game. Um, so things were different. They had 200-yard rushers. Um, they are running the ball really well, but uh, just a fun time. Honestly, it's just kind of weird to have football in March – be able to go out there and tailgate and kind of do the thing. Um, a good weird, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. So quick, uh, quick comment here, actually, because of what you just said, got my mind racing a little bit, but you know, everyone's saying, you know, the XFL is in its own season. Nothing else is really going on. However, Dave's down in Florida, you got spring training and that's where the majority of those people are probably going to be going. Right. So it's a little tough, I guess, like you said, for those Florida teams to thrive. Yeah, like, you know, like Tampa, L.A., you know, there's a million things to do on the weekend. And, you know, an yeah. XFL game that's happening at 2 or 5, kind of in the middle of the day, it's kind of tough. Where St. Louis right now, the Meadowlands, I mean, there's, you know, a billion people up there. Um, yeah. There's other, you know, you get there, you can get to the games a little bit easier. Houston, 
uh, Dallas. Um, not much going on right now, but we got spring training. Dude, there's three spring training ballparks. Sorry, four spring training ballparks within 20 minutes of us. Um, so a lot of the people that live here and the people that are traveling here, tourism-wise, are coming to catch baseball. So maybe a tough market. They're doing they're doing okay. One and three now. Got to win. Got to win. So and, yeah. uh, the off jockey boys were they were rocking. They're rocking. Dude, those guys are insane. They're 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 fun to watch. And we got our our boy, my buddy Liam, is uh, part of that crew. So uh, dude, I was wishing he was gonna be there. That that would have been great. He but, tapped uh, out. Apparently, he had a he had a Saturday night. He couldn't make the Sunday type. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Class. Not surprised. Not surprised. So uh, to go back to your uh, comment about the Battle Hawks here. Just for the listeners, so you guys can get a grasp of what we're dealing with in St. Louis, this wave of the XFL, their first two games, their first game, they had 29,500 fans show up. Their their second game, they had 27,500 fans show up. So, I mean, boys, you're not seeing that in the AAF. You're not seeing that in the AFL. I mean... This this is a they did the right decision tapping into that St. Louis market, um, and that area of of the country is just hot for championships right now. And the Battlehawks have a legitimate shot; they're at the top of the East right now in the XFL. So uh, you know we'll we'll see what happens, man. But dude, thirty k for an XFL in its inaugural Insane. season, insane. Is that unprecedented? Maybe, maybe unprecedented yeah. in, a, in a league's first year to have thirty k show up to your games. Like, I mean, come on, there's MLB games where they don't get that, right? We'll get right. ten. Yeah. So, props to the XFL, man. I also saw uh, another stat about the XFL that they had uh, top ratings. It was the NFL uh, Combine that was going on. It was the uh, NCAA, NBA games were all going on. The XFL, since they were on two networks, had over 3 million tune-ins, uh, whereas the other networks only had, you know, like 1.2, 750,000, et cetera. It came in higher than the Major League Soccer. It came in higher than... The NFL uh, Combine? It came in higher than the NFL Combine. It came in higher than uh, the the tournament that was going on. What was it? The Honda... Uh, the Honda Classic. The, the Honda Classic that was going on that tournament. Um, and, dude, I, I, they're doing good, man. You love to see it. Like we said, they have a great TV production. They have a great TV production that keeps the people captured. Hey, uh, speaking of TV production, uh, one thing that came through today that we threw back and forth in the chat. Did you hear about this potential trade in broadcasting? Yes, I did. So, first off, I didn't even know they could trade in broadcasting. But there is a rumor going around. The Monday Night Football sp- crew hasn't really been the same for a couple of years. Everybody ha- you know, has their opinions on Booger and um, you know, Tessator and um, kind of the crew since they lost Berman, right? Mm-hmm. There's a rumor that ESPN would trade for Al Michaels, who one of the most legendary broadcasters of our time. He called the miracle on ice in 1980. No he way. Called, called Sunday night football. For, I mean, he's the sound of Sunday night football. ESPN yeah. would trade for Al Michaels, one of the goats, Monday night football. And he'd be paired alongside the sheriff, Peyton Manning, man, Al Michaels and Peyton Manning in the booth. I mean, think of what Tony Rome has been able to do in the booth, but Peyton Manning, dude, it would be absolutely insane. So, to be honest with you here, Peyton Manning sounds, you know, they probably sound quite similar to Chris Collins, but they both have that Southern touch on the way they talk. True. So at the end of the day, the chemistry between the two, or I guess the chemistry between their voices might not be that different from what we're used to hearing. However, the chemistry between the two, 
that's yet to be seen, man. Uh, it took a decent amount of time for the other two to uh, to mesh together. Yeah, and Peyton's done a ton of stuff on ESPN already. He's done. Uh, there's a show called The Detail, which um, he breaks down uh, quarterback plays. I don't know if you've seen it. It's like every Monday after after the league. If you have ESPN Plus, uh, Peyton breaks down plays that's pre-recorded he has a chance to you know cut edit kind of like this podcast now he'll be live doing it you know in the booth and i think romo had a a bit of growing pains i don't know if peyton will because he's already been able to break things down on espn but uh the insight that we'll get from one of the best quarterbacks of all time in the booth um will be awesome i mean we've seen it with aikman we've seen it with you know you everybody's aikman but we've seen with aikman and romo now romo getting Romo recently, I don't think we've talked about on the podcast yet, one of the highest paid broadcasters of all time with CBS. He'll be with CBS forever as long as CBS keeps up, um, re-upping their NFL broadcasting deal. He'll be with them till the end of time for big coin. Some of the NFL players, you see them tweet out, they're like, screw it, man. I'm going I'm to yeah. retire now. I'm going to retire now and get into broadcasting. Yeah. So, Deves, let's look at it real quick. Fox, we got Joe Buck and Troy Aikman. Love those two guys. Then CBS, we got, what's his name? And Tony Romo. What's the guy's name? He always does golf. I can't remember his name. It's oh, Jim Nance. Jim Nance yeah, and Tony yeah, Romo. Yeah. Jim Nance and Tony Romo. And then ESPN, you're telling me we'd have Al Kate Michaels Manning and Kate Manning. And Al, dude. And, and NBC Sunday Night Football wouldn't be slouching. They would then slot in Mike Tirico, who has done some NF, Sunday Night NFL games. He's done some Sunday games when, um, when Al Michaels hasn't been able to do it, Mike Tirico would do the Sunday night games, who is also a legend. So you're telling me, man, every football game that I get to tune into, I get every to primetime game. Yep. Any primetime game I get to tune into is just, just voices of angels. Butter. Just, just butter. butter. Dude, just crispy voices every time. I, honestly, if they don't make this trade, it's, it, it's, they don't love football. They don't love football if they don't make this trade, honestly. Because ESPN, they're still going to be the the, the the slacker with with the guys that they have in the booth. The other thing ESPN has to do, man, is they have to get better games on Monday Night Football. Mm-hmm. Last year, they slashed heavy with the scheduling. I'm pretty sure. I don't know if they got the short end of the stick. I forget. I read I read a story out. Not as prepared for it. Um, but the, there's been there has been some bad Monday and Thursday Night Football games recently. Um, and I think a part of their I wish I, I wish I had the article up. It was a couple it's probably a couple months ago now, but they're preparing to get that fixed where the best games can be flexed to Monday night, I'm pretty sure. We'll talk about that later when we have more more details on it leading into the next NFL season. But they're trying to get better games, the possibility of flexing games to Monday night. ESPN wants that if they then pay for, you know, if they pay for these souped up TV rights, they want to be able to have the, you know, the next biggest matchup, which you which we can already see on Sunday night. So Anyway, some, some cool stuff happening in the world of football, world, world of broadcasting. Yeah, so uh, two quick plugs, man. Uh, the boys are down next week, obviously, going to the Lightning Flyers game. But the night after, Jimmy and I scored some fantastic tickets thanks to our friends over at the Ryan Callahan Foundation. As you guys know, Ryan Callahan played uh, a long time with the New York Rangers, then came down here to play with the Tampa Bay Lightning, and he founded, since his retirement, the Ryan Callahan Foundation, where he brings unforgettable experiences to children battling cancer. And his goal is to give these kids and their families an exciting escape where they can enjoy together far from their daily hardships. So we will be attending next Friday night the Ryan Callahan Foundation Gala, the Psychedelic Soiree at Armature Works here in Tampa. Armature Works is a fantastic venue right on the water right on the channel uh, i've been to it in the past 
Um, and uh, yeah, it's like a groovy kind of 60s theme night. I, I was just going to rock my, my normal suit, but uh, it'll feature 60s era music, games, uh, silent live auctions, and uh, for the commission over here, an open bar. <laughs> say less. Ooh, say less. Oh, hey, shit. And, and it's all for these kids and families. So I think they'll probably have some awesome silent li- and live auction log- live sure. auction gifts. Uh, I don't know if Jimmy and I have the coin to, to win any of those prizes, but we'll uh, we'll give it a shot. Yeah. Hey, yep. 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 And then like once it gets over fifty <laughs> bucks, you're like, all right, I'm done. It's like the guy's like five thousand dollars, and he goes to the, the the tall guy in the back, and it's like, oh, oh, shit. I, wait, I, that I can't. Yeah, I we can't. gotta get out of here, and we just book. <laughs> So That's excited so to go. Uh, thanks again to our our, our, our friends that uh, have ties to the Ryan Callahan Foundation. Uh, we're beyond excited, and uh, we'll be posting some content um, during that and afterwards. I'm sure it'll be a really fun night and uh, offer an excellent cause. You also had a beverage. So speaking of open bar, what's this whiskey you've been talking about, Dave's? Yeah, man. So it didn't come to my door yet, but I cannot wait for the Terry Bradshaw Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Four-time Super Bowl winner with the Pittsburgh Steelers. My Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> the guy is hilarious on Fox. Uh, you can watch him in the pregame shows. We've been talking about broadcasting a little bit on the pod here tonight. And he now has his own private label bourbon, the Terry Bradshaw Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Retailing for just under $40 for a bottle. Um, it's a bottle at 51.9% ABV and it's a tribute to Brad. Co- <laughs> the, the ABV is a tribute to Bradshaw's passing completion rate of the same number. It's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty sick. Bradshaw's bourbon is blended from the finest grains and aged in hand selected barrels. Bradshaw bourbon is presented at 103 proof and the first batch is available now at BradshawBourbon.com. Uh, so we, uh, we can't wait to see that. Actually, the neck of his bottle includes the Roman numerals re- representing his four championships, his four Super Bowls. Bradshaw says, there's something quintessentially American about bourbon. There's just nothing better than a fireplace, two fingers of bourbon, a great cigar, <laughs> and, Pava- <laughs> and Pavarotti playing in the background. I've always appreciated a good bourbon, and now I'll be enjoying my own. And we can't wait to enjoy it too. So uh, we'll, we'll give some updates. We'll do a review when it comes in. Um, but thanks to the guys at uh, – thanks to Terry himself and the guys at Terry Bradshaw Bourbon sending us a, sending us a nice <laughs> Yeah, show. so quick question. Two fingers of bourbon means like on the glass, right? You just yeah, put it and fill up. That's how much. I'm talking – I'm thinking four. <laughs> I'm thinking four fingers. That's a, a nice big old ice cube in there. Dude, he said two fingers of bourbon. I was like – I was like, come again? <laughs> <laughs> two fingers? <laughs> two fingers? These are two fingers? <laughs> so speaking of tall glasses, random thought. Tonight I went out to dinner uh, with the day job. We went out, uh, had a little celebration with some folks here in town, and we got a pitcher of margaritas at this Mexican restaurant. But at the same time we order the pitcher of margaritas, the guy brings out our glasses, and he brings out like a full pint glass. And I'm like, whoa, Like I got I to gotta drive. Here it turns out that he brought that because he also brought a pitcher of water for the table. And then we ended up getting the real margarita glasses. But I was like, holy, I got, we're going hard tonight, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is, uh, what, Thursday Thursday fits, Thursday outfits before Friday beers. So, I mean. 16 ounces of a margarita. Time <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I'm going to have to drive, though. Yeah, absolutely. I had to podcast on that drive. Yeah, yes, you did. Which is actually funny that you're wrapping up and you're actually here. It's, ah, it's weird. 
So anyway, Deves, real quick, uh, before the pod's over, I just wanted to let our listeners know that we have officially extended our partnership with No Brainer Wagers for year two. Yeah, baby. And to all of our listeners out there, we have better than year one, an official actual promotional code that you can go onto No Brainer's website and type in for a 10% discount. It is literally the three letters FPP with no spaces in between, and that's all you got to do. So you go onto their website or you DM them on Instagram. You say, hey, I'm looking for the daily package. Hey, I'm looking for the monthly. Oh, I'm going to ball out and I'm going to get the yearly. Code FPP, 10% off. So uh, let's put it this way. The yearly package is 1200 bucks, 10% discount. What's that costing me, boys? Do the math for me. I- I'm terrible at math. So to do this- 1080 bucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, bro. So it's 1080 bucks. Yeah, one zero eight zero exactly. Year, though, but again, it works on the daily, the monthly. Um, they have a ton of different assets and and, uh, and packages you could use, dude. Excited for this one. Um, they've been hot. They stay hot. Increasing your, your your bets. I actually have strayed away from the betting, but the group has done. You know, I strayed away from betting because I've one moved to Florida. Two, um, I don't want to bet the Flyers because I don't want them to lose. Mm. But if I did bet, and when I do bet, it's always with the no brainer winners picks. Absolutely. DM no brainer wagers. Use code FPP for 10% off. And with that, (laughs) and with that, that that wraps up episode 30. Thank you to Matt. 31. 31. Oh, I thought I said 31. I said 30. 31. Episode 30 plus one. Wrapping up. Thank you, Maddie Torreson, for coming on to the podcast. It's a pleasure speaking with you. She was actually, uh, did we discuss it? It was midnight where she was. Yeah, she tuned in late for us. It was like a six-hour time difference, so appreciate that one. We got right home from the day jobs and ripped a podcast. Um, she stayed up late, uh, even though she had practice or what, whatnot the next day. Um, so I think what we found out from this podcast so far, uh, football is still cool. Um, international basketball is a thing. Love it. Uh, Flyers hot. And wash your hands, folks. Wash your hands. Oh, God. Oh, God. Peace out, everybody. uh... Thanks, everybody, for listening. Appreciate y'all. Peace. Next time.